show notes. Schmo notes. It is an agent of chaos. I've met agents of chaos. <laughs> My child is an agent of chaos. It's hopeless. It's episode 89 of the EdTech Loop podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and she's no longer using Semi 4 and Signal Towers. It's Danielle Brostrom. I have unearthed my past elementary school newsletters stuffed in the bottom of various backpacks for this week's Moment of Zen. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. We've taken the lid off the hibachi to let the sweet aroma entice our listeners to take a nibble at this week's meat of the show, Engaging Parents. I'm a parent. You're a parent. We're also in the educational community. We kind of see both sides. What have you noticed? Um, maybe on the on the parental side first, as far as using tech to engage our, our partners in education. Yeah, I would like to totally avoid that scenario that you talked about where there's a bunch of random notes shoved in the bottom of the backpack because that is for real. That is real life. I find those notes in the bottom of of a backpack and in the bottom of a locker and smushed in the corners of the car. So I really like to avoid that. So um, I definitely want to talk about some ways that we can use technology to make communication better, um, easier on both ends and stuff that makes sense. I feel like this is a podcast we do at the beginning of every year um, and it's different every time, which is good. I think we're evolving. So I'm excited to talk about this today, Larry. You had brought this up earlier. I did a little research, which is rare. I know. Woo-woo. And, and thankfully, I came up with um, somebody else who had done even more research and has continued the research. Jessica Meacham, uh, founder on Twitter, and she has a, a spreadsheet of almost every possible application that you could use to communicate with your parents and has a, a list of all the attributes. What were your first reactions? Um, well, the first thing that I noticed is that I love that she's broken it down by security and privacy issues because that's a, um, a big thing for me. Um, and then she also talks about like the price, um, the communication that's possible. And um, this is a good place for teachers to start and they can kind of see what works out for them. Um, and we do have a lot of teachers that are using these external services like Remind and Blooms and Class Tag. There's there's a lot of them that she's detailed there. Um, my suggestion is to just be careful with these. Um, and he here's why. I think about the parents that have four different kids at four different schools. And then the teachers are using four different services. And I think that if you look at it from the perspective of your customer who is our families. Um, it can be a full-time job to keep up with all those messages from school and in the different services, and some give you notifications. Um, like, I know we're on Blooms right now, and we get notified if anyone comments, which is super annoying at um, sign up for parent-teacher conferences time, because I find out that Johnny's mom signed up, and then I find out that Jill's mom signed up, and you're like, oh, ding, ding, take the notifications ding. off, but now I'm nervous. I'm going to miss something from school. Um, so just... I. I, I love a lot of these services. I think they offer some really cool things. But I think what would be pretty cool is if your entire school decided we're going to communicate with parents in this way. Like I've got one of my schools that everyone is using Blooms or, um, you know, maybe if, you're, if your school or your district has adopted something, I think you should use that for just the sake of streamlining things for your customer. With the cool new messaging apps, they might 
work for you, but just make sure that they're working for your families too. And that it's going to add value for them. So if your entire school can get on board and use one thing, that would be ideal. And if your district can get on board with using one thing, that would be the best. Speaking of the district, we do have a one thing. Yes, in our district, we do. We have Bright Arrow. We have Bright Arrow, and that actually works through Power School. It's not the, maybe not as shiny as some of the other apps. It doesn't have some of the functionality. Uh, For instance, I know Remind, you know, is often used at more secondary schools. Yeah. Specifically because of its messaging function. It's, you know, it's very available on your iPhone or your phones and um, other digital devices. Whereas... Our power school solution via Bright Arrow does a pretty good job from what I've, I've gathered um, for our parents, but also for our, our teachers as far as having it within their grading interface, the grading interface that they're already yeah. using. They're already there. Yeah. Now, it's, it's interesting that you say that it is within power school. It's only within power school on the teacher end. On the parent end, it comes right through their email. So that's that's a really nice feature. Um, I think email is the number one way teachers are communicating with families, whether they're using Bright Arrow or whether they're gathering parent contact emails, doing a distribution list. Um, parents, most of them are on email. So that seems to be something that's making sense for a lot of teachers. But the biggest thing I would want to say there is making sure that you're using BCC for families. If you just send it out blanket and you, um, you know, update everyone on your classroom news, that's awesome because you should be keeping your families engaged. But if you put all of those addresses in the two line, then, you know, Julie replies with a question and says, hey, I'm just wondering, did you see our backpack? And then everyone on that list is getting it every single time. But if you put that in the BCC, then it's a blind carbon copy. Um, as a parent, I can't see any of the other emails that are on the list. I can't see who else she, send, or she or he is sending it to. And um, it just really, really cuts down on that reply all grossness. So answer me this, if you will. Yeah. When you do hit that um, send to all mm-hmm. in... Power school. How does that automatically do a BCC or yes. how does that show? Okay. So yep. um, for the most part, if you're going through your power school, the likelihood of that bad thing happening is considerably Correct. less. Correct. Um, and then other ways I was thinking about when we were talking about how to use tech to better engage families, I love the Google Classroom. Um, Google Classroom has that built-in progress report feature that will email families a daily or a weekly summary of their kids' work. Um, I love that because it keeps parents involved if they want to be. And the nice thing is once you enter the parent's email, you don't have to do a thing. Everything is automated. Um, the bad thing is that you, you you can't customize the report in any way, but it's ready to go every, every time that they um, get that subscription. So I really do like those guardian summaries in Google Classroom. I think those are solid. One of the nice things about both Google Classroom and Bright Arrow is every teacher in our district has it. I think one of the things, and you mentioned it earlier, that we do want to try to avoid, and we might think that some of these extraneous apps, some of these extra apps are really cool and flashy and look great, but if you have three kids in the district and each one of those teachers has a different app that they're using, suddenly that's a lot to manage as a parent, whereas every teacher has access to Google Classroom. And in might be likely using it. Every teacher has access to PowerSchool. It really limits the amount of interactions that the parent has to 
maintain, I, I would assume the likelihood of get, having interaction with the parent is increased if they're not having to try to manage, manage multiple avenues of communication. And really, the goal of the parent communication is not necessarily, we would hope, the one-way communication. We want to create a partner in this communication, in the education of their child. We need to have the feedback. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you talk about feedback, and it's funny because I, I just said, you know, you should use the ones that your district has put their support behind just because it makes it easier for families. But I got to mention, Larry, one that I love, I do love Seesaw. Um, we have so many elementary teachers using it that I feel like it's it's almost become one that we support. Um, I, I love that parents can see and they can comment on their students' work no matter where they are. I love that there's a place for classroom news too. Um, and I like it's all in one place and it, it does it does more than one thing. It's like um, the Alton Brown thing where he says that you should never buy a kitchen gadget unless it can be used for more than one thing. Seesaw is kind of like that for me because it's got the student portion where they're creating their own portfolio and turning in their work and you're communicating with them. And then it's got this parent portion where you can see your child's work and you can see, um, you can comment on it and you can give them feedback. And then there's this other portion where the teacher can put classroom news and calendars and it's all connected into one app. I do like that because then it's not just a, a messaging it's not just this. It's it's kind of everything all in one package. So that that is one that I really do like. That's an external service. But why do you support Seesaw over some of the other ones that we we just see? Because it offers all those pieces. When I go there as a parent, I'm not just signing up for conferences or just receiving that one-way communication from the teacher. It's all of these other pieces. Um, it's almost like where, where the Google Classroom, I can see what my child is doing in class. I can see that too. It just feels like there's more there. It covers all those different areas for me as a parent. If you're listening outside of our district, recognize what your um, your tech coaches in your technology department is aware of and good at servicing. So if you have a, a, a large community of Seesaw users or Blooms users, might not be a bad way to go because, because you'll get the support, you, for sure. yeah, mm-hmm. as opposed to tracking out on your own. And then suddenly when it's not working or it's not doesn't have the functionality that you'd like, you have nobody to ask. So kind of be aware of your environment and make sure that the people that that would otherwise support you with the technology can support you when you go off and use some, one, one of these tools. Um, parent communication is so important for the student, you know, that interaction to have, make sure that the parent is understanding where their student is at, and that they're involved in their education. It's so important. We really do want to get it right yeah, and not make it overwhelming for the parent because that's going to end up turning the parent off. And it's hard to look at it from that lens. You know, as a teacher, you're trying to be super efficient with your time and you're trying to do what's best for your students. But to take that step back and say, if, if I were a parent in my classroom, what what would this communication look like and how could I improve it? Or if I if I were a parent in the district and ha- we're getting all these different um, requests from different services, how, what would that look like to me? So kind of trying to really think of your customer and what, what they would want and what their needs are. 
And like, I, like I think about, we've got some teachers that are still doing class websites and um, having a web presence. And I think you should, I think that's great. I think there's a lot of value in there, um, but I don't think that can be the only place to communicate with families. Your stuff is gonna get missed if you just throw it up on the website and then assume parents are gonna go there when they have questions. They're probably not. They're probably not gonna go there every Friday to see if you've posted anything new. Um, you really need to go to them instead of expecting them to come to you. The next stage or the next step on this and where the parent communication really becomes powerful is, again, when we're allowing that communication to come back and we really become partners. It's also where things get messy because sometimes it's a little bit hard when a parent gets all up in your business yeah, about what you're sure. doing. But I was, I was reading um, some research actually on this and one of the studies had kind of three takeaways. One, obviously, that the emphasis on relationship building among parents and students is very important. Two, a focus on leadership development of parents, really making our parents leaders in the education of their children. And three, I thought was the interesting one, an effort to bridge the gap in culture of, and power between parents and educators. We contrast this community-based approach with a more traditional school-centric individualist individualistic approach to parent involvement. The paradigm typically has been school to parent. We're on the mountaintop and we're, we're, we're preaching down to the parent. If we're expecting the parent to become a willing participant in their child's education broadly, I mean, there's always going to be parents that do that, but oftentimes those parents are, are actually, you know, feeling as though they're speaking on equal terms with the educator. I, I definitely think a phone call is always, always the best. You know, that's a something that they drill into you as a new teacher that you should be making these positive phone calls home too. And I definitely agree with that. Like, hey, your kid did a great thing today. I just want to tell you about that. Because anytime you can build that relationship and put it more on that evil plane, evil playing field level. <laughs> I know. Whoa. Agent of chaos. More of... <laughs> Fixer of the agent of cast. We are we are working into mid mid-season form. Working we didn't really into. have we did not have a preseason no. this year. There's no preseason. We just I jumped right this. in. All right. Um anything else that you'd like to add? Yeah. Um the only other things that I want to add, just whatever you use, I think being consistent. So trying to be regular with your communication, using the same service, consistency is important. Um, being brief, there's so much that parents have to keep on top of. So the um don't waste your time with things like graphics or cute little things unless they add value. I think really just being brief with your communication is important. And then I think use this to write the story of your classroom. Parents don't know what's going on every day. Sometimes the kids don't give them all the cool things that you're doing. Um, just use your communication to write the story of your classroom. Consider pictures. Parents love to see their kids' little face learning. I just think the more you can use that tech to tell your story, the better. I know a Bloom's user and posts a number of pictures, and that's the way that she's been able to get great interaction from her parents. Not just elementary. I think secondary, too. Like, you should show pictures of secondary kids doing cool stuff in the classroom. All right. Uh, tech Tool of the Week. 
Tech Tool of the Week. I want to share Flippity. Um, Lissa Brunin, she presented for us at Wired, and she shared some stuff on some stuff on Flippity, and it was fantastic. Flippity is a great resource for teachers. Um, it turns a Google spreadsheet into all kinds of cool stuff. You can turn it into a random name picker or a quiz show or flashcards or a timeline or a badge tracker if you want to track your kids or let them earn badges. Um my favorite is you can turn it into a progress indicator. So it turns your Google spreadsheet into progress indicator bars. You can use it for a tournament bracket, a matching game. It's just some really, really cool ways to um, in- increase your students' uh, interactivity with this device. And uh, Flippity is phenomenal. I tried one the other day and was amazed at how quickly I was able to take the spreadsheet that they created, follow the directions, change the words, and then publish that link. And then when I went to that link, it was all of a sudden a typing speed tester with content that I had put in. So, wow, flippity.net. That is my um, tech tool of the week. Great tech tool. Yeah, it's great. Heard, that, one, that one's been around for a little bit. I know, it, but a lot of teachers love we it. We haven't used it enough. I don't think there's so many cool things on here. All right, flippity uh, tutorials and updates. The Technologist has a Google Classroom rubric template. I haven't actually watched this one yet, so I don't know. I, I, I will be honest. I saw it up there. I'm like, oh, this is a new one. I did not have time to check it out. I guarantee it's awesome because the Technologist made it. Um, and also, there was a really cool tweet that um, to an article. Actually, it was the article that was cool um, by AJ Giuliani. And I, I'm guessing you follow him. Yes, um, he's I all do. over Twitter. It's um, empathy as the most important 21st century skill. And I don't know if you've read the article. It is great. It is great. So I highly recommend um, taking the time and we'll do. doing Thank some you. reading. So ajgiuliani.com backslash empathy, the most important 21st century skills where the article is. You'll find it on the many social medias as well. Before the building actually falls down, I will, I will close with follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TCAPS Loop. At Brostrom DA. Subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, Overcast, the Google Play Store, and Spotify. Leave a review. We love the feedback. Thanks for listening and inspiring. It's drama. What? Did you, you didn't like the drama? <laughs> I really did think the building was going to fall for a minute. <laughs>